the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. Great to be with you today. Our number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Lots of things to talk about. You can also email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. If you have paid attention to the news, this has made national news, but a big controversy in the city council in Los Angeles. Three council members and a union leader um, were caught and recorded uh, saying a whole lot of things that were definitely racist, but also what they were planning to do was have a conversation about redistricting Los Angeles to disenfranchise different kinds of voters, particularly uh, black voters. And there was just a whole lot of things that were bad. Everybody in the world from the president on down is asking all of them to resign. One of those people is Kevin DeLeon, and he hasn't said anything until today. And he gave a interview today on KCAL 9, local Los Angeles. It's also CBS 2, a couple of different interviews. And I thought I would talk about this because what he did was he provided a clinic on how not to apologize and how not to take responsibility. You know, and we can learn something from this since we all do stuff that is stupid sometimes. And sometimes we've got issues that we need to deal with, Uh, even sinful attitudes or sinful behaviors. And we get caught up in power. If we have power, there's all kinds of things that we do. But how do you handle it? First of all, you shouldn't be there. Right. But how do you handle it when you find yourself in trouble? Maybe you found yourself in trouble with your spouse, maybe with your kids, maybe at your workplace. How have you dealt with having to make an apology and take accountability. Do you have some examples of how to do that right? Kevin DeLeon gave us one. I'm going to say, this is my opinion, and you can call and agree or disagree with me, um, but I'm going to walk through it because I think there's some things that we need to see and some things that we can learn about what we can do if we ever find ourselves in those situations. 888-528-2557 is the number. This is Southern California Live. Acting City Council, uh, Los Angeles City Council President Mitch O'Farrell said that he has removed Councilman Kevin DeLeon uh, and Gil Cedillo from their committee assignments. Both men are being pressured to resign from all sides. Former Councilwoman and Council President Nuri Martinez has already resigned. De Leon today said he intends to stay in office, and the reason he plans to stay in office is because he believes that his constituents deserve representation. That's what he kept saying over and over again, which raises a lot of questions for me. It's like, well, isn't there, aren't they going to have somebody else? I mean, why does he have to do it? seems like <laughs> as a public servant, you could have somebody else do it. He said, no, I will not resign because there is a lot of work ahead. And uh, he told Univision earlier. And so here's some of the things that he was saying. And um, he was asked about if he's going to resign. And in a long answer where he said he wasn't going to mince words, uh, he minced some words. And then he said uh, this. Let me say that I'm not going to mince words. I'm not going to deflect blame. I'm not going to defend the defenseless. 
what he means by defend the defenseless, what he actually probably means is defend what happened in that conversation. Although he's going to sort of weave in a defense. Although I thought it was interesting that he says, I'm not going to defend the defenseless. I feel like that's a problem for a lot of our politicians these days. Anyway, moving forward, he continued. This past week, I've taken inventory with, with my family, with my friends, with my staff. And I've raised a, a, a light, a, a bright light, you know, doing self-examination. And I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry to my constituents. I'm sorry to my colleagues. I'm sorry to the family of Mike Bonnet. Uh, he, the self-examination, you know, Nuri Martinez, her original statement before she decided to resign, uh, she said, I've learned a lot and, uh, I am going to hold myself accountable. And that's not really how this works, but, uh, he did some self-examination. He took an inventory with his family and friends and staff and he held up a bright light. I'm not sure what that means. They might've been decorating the office for Halloween or something. Um, but I, it doesn't sound like he took an inventory with the people he is supposed to be serving. Does that make sense to you? That's what I feel like. He, didn't, he took an inventory with the people who are closest to him, his friends and his family, who, you know, it, it's hard in when it's somebody that you really know who's in a lot of trouble because you want to support them to the end. But the right thing to do as family is to say, well, what is the right thing to do here? What about the people that you really serve or you're supposed to be serving? All of those people seem to be saying he should resign. He went on to apologize to everyone, especially once I, he specifically said hotel workers and janitors who supported him, um, which to me, maybe I'm just cynical, but to me, I'm like, I would like to thank all of the little people. It just, it just sounded very condescending. And, you know, part of this, I think, is that, and I'm wondering if this is going to happen. Are we going to see more and more of these tapes come out of, actual behind the scenes, closed doors, conversations with our political leaders. Because I think you get a dose of reality, right? You, you, how do meetings that are closed doors, what really is said in there when you don't think you're being recorded, when there, you don't think there's any cameras, when you feel comfortable just to let down whatever guards you have? Um, you know, we get a lot of uh, open mic stuff these days, right? Where politicians are overheard saying things because there's a hot mic somewhere nearby. It seems like almost everything we do now is, is filmed somewhere. You know, somebody's doorbell is filming you driving down the street and somebody's got a camera in a room you don't realize or somebody's phone is on. I think your Alexa device is probably recording you all the time. Who knows? Um, he apologized ultimately for not stepping up. And this is what I think is is frustrating to a lot of people. And you can let me know how you feel if you want to join the conversation. The number is 888-528-2557. Maybe you have a different opinion. Maybe you feel like uh, what he said today was helpful. Um, 888-528-2557. And I'm going to go through this a little bit more. And, you know, is it possible for him to regain credibility or a person, if it isn't just him, just how does a person regain accountability and regain trust? I think it is possible. I really do. And I think it's necessary where eventually the work has to get shifted to to the rest of us who need to learn to forgive. And this is a, a biblical approach to things. However, there also has to be true repentance, all right? And uh, that's where we'll get to in a minute. He apologized for not stepping up. What he's he's going to make the claim that what he did wrong in this conversation was not 
shut down the conversation and say it was wrong at the time. So the next thing he does is in his apology is he makes sure that we understand his background. Listen, I, I grew up in poverty. Youngest child of a single immigrant mother with a third grade education. And I represent a district that's among the poorest in the entire nation. It was devastated because of the coronavirus. I had the highest infection and mortality rate. I had, I have the largest homeless population in the entire city of Los Angeles. It's a district that's had, it's been underserved, it's been under-resourced, it's been underfinanced, it's been underrepresented for years, if not, for not decades. And my constituents deserve representation. That part is true. His constituents deserve representation. And what he just said sounds like they haven't had representation for a long time. I mean, isn't that the thing? Why? And this is not just here in Los Angeles. This is in San Diego. This is in San Francisco. This is across the country, particularly in big cities, but happens in small cities, too. Why do we keep voting for the kind of person where every year, every decade that goes by, things don't get better? Why? It's a, it is a amazing thing. And, you know, what he's talking about here is, you know, probably something that is accurate that this is a, a part of Los Angeles that is not having their voices heard. And, but he's a part of that. You know, it sounds like they've had lousy representation for a long time and still do. He went on to say that he has a lot of hard work to do. So somewhere, now this is the, the, what happens with a lot of politicians, and I can't prove this, I'm telling you, but he repeats the same phrases over and over again. And one of them is there's a lot of hard work to do to make this better. But then he announces that he's going to, he's going, he's planning to stay. See, and the, the phrases he keeps using over and over again um, suggest to me that he really worked hard to craft the statement, which he has to be, right? If, you know, obviously he's, everybody, including Joe Biden, is asking him to resign, you've got to have a pretty good reason to uh, to stay that people are going to buy. You know, how are you going to do that? So he announces that he plans to stay. And then the, the interviewer pointed out that there were calls for resignation from everywhere. President Biden, Mayor Garcetti, entire city council, people from uh, in his district. And then he was asked, is it possible to regain the trust uh, that he was given? And he said this. I've always been against, up against many, many challenges. And obviously, this is surely the biggest one I've ever confronted in my life. Mm-hmm. But my constituents do deserve representation. We need to heal as a city. And we need to come together and heal as a city. And I want to be part of that. And I want to be part of that. He, now, this is the, the clinic, okay? So part of the clinic here, he now has made it about himself. Did you catch that? That's one of the first things he says here. I've always been against, up against many, many challenges. He's been up against many challenges. So what's happened here is that he's a victim now. See, he's shifted it. He's not saying, I did something terribly wrong here. I feel like he would go, it would go a lot farther with people if he would have said, you know what? I participated in something that was very wrong. I participated in something that was just very, very bad and I'm terribly sorry. I hurt a lot of people. I obviously have some attitudes and some things to work on. He could have done that, but that's not what he does. It suddenly becomes about him. See, this is what is part of the clinic of bad apologies is when somehow it becomes about ourselves, and somehow we make ourselves the victim. 
Now, sometimes there's, there's things to blame, right? If you've been in a situation, marriages, relationships, things at the workplace, there's things that go both ways and people are, are adding to the problem. I get it. And that's a, that's a big part of it. But you know what? When you are in this situation and he's in a bad situation where everybody, including the president of the United States, is telling you to quit. How many of you have had that experience where the president of the United States has told you to quit? Not too many of you. Uh, he's in one of those situations. You would think that he would understand the, the, the depths of this. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, 888-528-2557. If you'd like to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. We're talking about Kevin DeLeon's, L.A. City Council person's Kevin DeLeon's apology today that has not worked. All right, the L.A. Times editorial board came out later today and uh, said, nope, doesn't work. You still need to resign. And uh, everybody else he's working with, uh, Mike Bond and other people in the city council, are also saying you still need to resign. Um, it's really important, uh, I think, that he does. That's my, that's my opinion here. So I'm going through his apology because I think there's some things that we can learn from it. Uh, he was interviewed on KCAL 9 by Tom Waite. It's also CBS Los Angeles. So he's going on in this interview, and he's shifting a lot of the, the, the situation. So his goal, okay, now if you're trying to get out of something, now I got kids. I got a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old, and they, especially the 10-year-old, has a way of really taking the narrowest possible view of whatever word we're using when we give him some kind of instruction. What should we do? Uh, he was asked, can we regain uh, the trust that it was asked? And you know what? He should be a part of the healing, he, he went on to say. He should be a part of making things better, but he doesn't need to keep the job. He goes on in this interview to say, you know what? I want to be a part of the healing process. I want to be a part of those conversations. And he was asked then later if anyone supports him staying on the job. And he said lots of people, but he didn't name anybody. You know, a lot of folks. I learned that uh, in business and ministry. When, when somebody comes up to me and they go, uh, you know what? A lot of people are saying, usually that means no, you're saying. You know, <laughs> I mean, you're saying it to a lot of people. That's probably true. But I don't know that a lot of people are saying. Usually that means just you. 888-528-2557 is the number. Adrian and Silmar, welcome to Southern California Live. What do you think, Adrian? Well, first of all, I would like to say thank you for having me yeah. on. And and secondly, um, I believe that he should be accountable for it, and it's not that he should resign. I feel like the people should say, you know what, bro, you don't have a second chance, and this is it for you, because either if he didn't say much, it was more like he didn't really stop it. So he really didn't care. Right, and now he's saying that that he's he feels bad or whatever the case, but that's all that's all because he got caught. If nobody would have noticed, it would have kept going for who knows how long. And yeah, so, you know, Adrian, I think that you're right. There was a, did you watch that interview on CBS? Have you seen that? Oh, I I haven't watched it. I just I just heard it right now, and I was like, what? I was hearing you guys talk about. it. I'm like, no, there's no way he can just. Say I'm not going to resign. No, well, you shouldn't resign. You don't have to. But I mean, we should take you out. Yeah, there, there's right. there's Believe. a there's a part of the interview where he's asked, uh, you know, he's saying I'm sorry for doing this, and then he's asked, well, you're sorry, but would you be sorry had this tape not come out? And his response was, oh yes, I would still be sorry, and I would have said something. I mentioned to somebody in the hall. The problem is, it was a year ago. 
Oh, right? if this was if this was last week, okay, maybe he didn't have time to come up with something to say. But if he really thought, hey, this was horrible, then he should have come out and made a statement. Hey, I was just in a meeting, and you would not believe the things these people are doing and saying. Uh, that would be how he represents right. his district, right? Yes, that's that's perfect. And, that would have been a great way to just come out and do it. But no, it just it took him a whole year, and then no, he should not be should not be in that position. Yeah. All right, Adrian, thank you so much for calling and listening to Southern California Live. 888-528-2557 is the number. If you want to share your thoughts on Kevin DeLeon and uh, whether or not he should resign, 888-528-2557. If you're not aware of the story, a couple of weeks ago, uh, what last week, I think last Monday, uh, tape was released that happened a year ago in a conversation, a meeting about redistricting in Los Angeles with some LA City Council members who took the in this, in this conversation, there were a lot of statements being made about race, about power, and I think one of the biggest issues actually is the issue of uh, this group of people talking about how to remove political power and representation, particularly from black people, but also just the whole notion of the whole thing about how our, our city, and this is the same in, if you live in a big city, it's very likely the same in your city where there are districts that are drawn in certain ways to give people power. It's a, it is a conversation that is disturbing in a lot of ways because of the racist comments that are made, but also disturbing when you see how people are just holding on to power with the idea of who gets the airport in their district. See, if you have the airport in your district, that's a lot of money coming in and a lot of people who might donate to your campaign if you do certain things for them, right? If you have the Dodger Stadium or you have, you know, uh, the, the Crypto.com in your, you know, your, your district or something that brings in a lot of money, you know, there's a lot of power in that. You want that in your district. It's called assets. And they were talking about shifting it around uh, and, and shifting it around and disenfranchising one group of per- people over another. It the whole thing is bad. That's why everybody from the president of the United States on down is asking them to resign. What we're doing is we're going through this apology, and I'd like us to think about it. There's obviously the local issue in, in Los Angeles, and I think wherever you might be listening to this, you you can relate and you wonder, is this going on in my town? And hopefully it's not as bad, but there's all kinds of politics going on, okay, with power, and particularly in cities like ours where you have one party in power, okay? There are zero Republicans involved in any of this. Uh, And that's not saying that there's not some town where all the Republicans are in charge and they're not doing the same thing, not saying that. But here we have one party rule and you have one party rule dividing up power and trying to stay in power. And, you know, I'm not sure that one party rule really works well anywhere. 888-528-2557 is the number. Uh, Simon in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Simon, go ahead. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. But, hey, I I, I was just have a very simple two questions. Yes. First question, where is the law? Uh, Where's the law? Yeah, well, there's a question as to uh, whether or not this, uh, the conversation, particularly about redistricting, is illegal, and some people are going to... Uh, look into that. It's not illegal to say terrible things in a meeting. Um, it is a an issue of responsibility, I think, for our leaders, though. That's very good. And the, th- the second thing is, where is the people? Where is the, the, the parties? I mean, whether the Democratic or the, you know, the, Repo- the Republican Party, where are they from this? 
what are they saying about it? Why this guy is just, you know, been exposed by a very simple and very small niche of people? This should be exposed to everybody and have something to do about it. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Simon, and, and thank you for your call. I think actually in this case, the, the party, the Democratic Party, is involved here. Everybody has asked him to resign. There's four people involved in this, and, and two of them have resigned, two of them have not. And everybody from President Biden, uh, I, be, I don't believe I've heard yay or nay from uh, Governor Newsom, but my guess is he's on that same page. He probably did say something. The Democratic Party in Los Angeles is asking them to resign. So the, the party is there. No one can force him to resign because unless there's something proved that he did illegal, um, he can stay in that role until his next time around in election, uh, which is what he wants to do. And I can understand that. You make $229,000 a year uh, in that role. It's not. A, it's a good gig. Um, so I, I would say that we do have – you know, the Democratic Party pushing back on this, which is good. Uh, they need to. I think that there's questions about whether or not this is a a bigger uh, systemic issue. There's lots of questions about uh, – there, there's just so many different things that this brings up. I want to get to this point here, and uh, we'll continue to take your calls. The number is 888-528-2557. What we've been talking about is what he's doing here and what we can also learn from it in our own lives. What he's doing in this apology, and we get back from the break, I'll, I'll play it a little bit more, okay? But what he's doing is he's framing himself out of the issue. By the end of this interview, which is about 15 minutes long, he keeps talking about how he should have stepped up and said something, all right? The thing is, is if you listen to it, it doesn't sound like he was bothered by it at all. And I believe that there's shifting going on. And this is the question for us, because we... You know, we can do this. We have to deal with this in a couple of ways. How do we forgive a Kevin DeLeon? You know, him specifically in our town, what does that entail? Does forgiveness mean you get to keep your job and stay on the city council? Um, does, you know, in, in our relationships with each other, when we have somebody who, who we find out they've done something very bad, they've stolen from us, or maybe they've had an affair, or they have said really bad things, you know, behind our back and they get caught. As Christians, we do have an obligation to forgive. Jesus tells us to forgive. But he also instructs the sinner, the the offending party, to repent. And what does repentance mean? All right, we're going to talk about that when we get back. Luke 17, 3 and 4. So watch yourselves, Jesus says. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Now, we're not talking about sort of just general relational forgiveness. I think we're really talking about restoration and a whole lot more here. Okay, there's a lot to it. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. So there is a, there is a forgiveness that we need to do. Does forgiveness mean you get to keep your job? And what happens if he, if he is there a way that he could be restored and later get reelected to some other office with the trust of the people? 888-528-2557 is the number. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll continue with this when we get back, and I will take your calls uh, as soon as the Thursday edition of Southern California Live continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. I've always been against, up against many, many challenges, and obviously this is surely the biggest one I've ever confronted in my life. Mm-hmm. But 
my constituents do deserve representation. We need to heal as a city, and we need to come together and heal as a city. And I want to be part of that. I want to be part of that. That was L.A. City Council person Kevin DeLeon, who is under fire because he was part of a conversation that was released last week with racist statements and a lot of conversation about shifting around the city's uh, districts to disenfranchise uh, different people so that they stay in power, and in particular disenfranchising black voters. And uh, it was just a bad thing. And all four people have been asked to resign. Two of them have. Two of them have not. Kevin DeLeon said today in an interview with CBS and KCAL 9 that he is not going to resign. And we are dealing with this subject and taking your calls. We're also looking at this as a clinic for how not to apologize if we ever find ourselves in huge trouble, because any of us might find ourselves, maybe not for the same reasons, but we can find ourselves in big problem, in big trouble. What can we learn from this and what can we do better when it comes to having uh, this um, happen if it happened in our own life? Kevin DeLeon, he makes it about himself where we left off in that clip there. You heard that he made it about himself. And then he says he wants to be part of the solution. But the problem, I see, as I see it, is he should be a part of the solution, a great way that he can recover. Because that's another part of this, right? Part of this is, hey, if somebody is just totally messed up, and this is messed up, they did something really terrible, okay? And that's what this is. And it's very clear. I don't think people are confused. I don't think this is a left and right issue. Like, I think that Democrats, Republicans alike, we all saw and heard uh, what this is. Is somebody just done forever or is it even possible to be restored? Is it possible that one day he would be reelected? Is there a path for that? I think there actually is. It's just not the road that he is on right now. And we will get to what that is, but I want to take some calls. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. That's the number for Southern California Live. Ted in Los Angeles, welcome to so- SoCal Live. How are you doing today, Ted? Good afternoon, Pastor um, Ted, City of the Angels. And, you know, the blessing is, at the end of the day, the only one that will please us is Jesus. Yep. And... Uh, it's a golden opportunity to watch humanity. It's not a color issue. That uh, it's it's a humanity issue. It does. I've seen it front front row seats. You know, going to Venice High, and I got to watch everybody act up. Um, we're all held accountable. I can run and I can hide, but God will always know who's inside. So it, you know, I just I, I just feel it's an opportunity for all of us to learn. That, uh, you know, I found that, and I've been the only white guy on defense at Santa Monica College, and I've watched everybody act up, and I found that everybody's a racist till a gorgeous girl walks in. And then that's the end of that. Everybody's going, wow. So, right, you know, we, we need to wake up and grow up. And, I, you know, I forgive this man, and uh, whatever decision he makes, he's got to do that with our Lord and Savior. And I love you. Thank you for for your input on everything. I'd love this. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Ted, very much. Uh, Let's go to Terry in San Diego. Terry, welcome to Southern California Live. Thank you. Um, One thing I wanted to express is that, as the Bible states, nothing's new under the sun. Mm. The behavior that he's exhibited is human behavior, and it is a heart issue. I will be praying for that whole situation that everybody sees it for what it is, despite party lines, despite racial and cultural lines, because Jesus drew the line for all of us and sacrificed his life. So we do have to forgive him 
But we do also also have to speak to the nature of what has happened because it was an issue of power. It was an issue of um, creating a situation where somebody would end up the lesser and they based it on color lines. So again, it tells us what to pray for. Yeah, it does. Terry, thank you very much for your call. And we do need to be praying. This is one of the reasons that we pray for our leaders, okay? When the Bible tells us to pray for our leaders, it's not saying pray that they are successful in whatever they take on or whatever they want to do. We shouldn't be praying that anybody's city council is successful in what that meeting was trying to accomplish. We should pray that they repent. We should pray that they actually do try to represent their constituents. We should pray that they actually do um, want to do justice and all of those things. And and thank you for that, Terry. Uh, Amanda in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, um, I'm calling in. Uh, I just want to make a comment. I had a couple questions. Um, First, um, you know, there's a great amount of responsibility uh, when you represent any city. Um, You represent the people. And I'm just curious, in order to be part of the L.A. City Council, what are the requirements? And two, if there's no set in stone requirements, perhaps there should be some kind of, like, ethics training prior to the person taking on that position so that, you know, just people are reminded of why they're in the office so that, um, you know, they get focused and they're ready to do the job, you know. So, you know, everyone's not going to be perfect, but, you know, I think something like some kind of ethics training might help people kind of stay on track and be reminded that their duty is to represent the people and what their ethical responsibilities would be. Yeah, you know, Amanda, I appreciate that very much. There are ethical, um, I don't want to say requirements, because the thing is, is that if you're elected, you're elected. But there is an ethical um, obligation that everybody has. And uh, L.A. has an ethics commission uh, that deals with campaign finance and uh, some other things like that. Um, I think that the reason... You know, at some point, these lines get crossed and everybody knows it. I think why one of the reasons that this is a, a big story and that it's a national story is because I don't think there's a lot of gray area. That's my opinion here. Like, I think that people heard this and people aren't seeing it as just a political attack, for example, of one side against another. People heard this and went, wow, that is is really terrible. What they're doing is bad. And I'm hoping it's making us pay more attention to our politics because we need some more transparency. I mean, there's an issue that we don't know yet, but who recorded this? This recording was actually made a year ago. Why? There is a political component with somebody decided to release it now. Uh, there's a there's a reason for that. Um, we don't know what that is, but you know there is a reason. I'm hoping what this does is it really makes us take a look at our politics. What I I hope people do is we have an election coming up. The elections now is don't just fill in the bubbles for R and D's, Republicans and Democrats or whatever party you might always vote for. Look into those people. Go meet them. You know, go to the events and go see who they are. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. The number is 888-528-2557. We are discussing Kevin DeLeon's apology, uh, or what he called one today, and uh, discussing how we he could have done it better, but how we can also deal with it in our own lives, because we find ourselves in situations sometimes, or or other people to us, who have done bad things. How do we recover? How does Kevin DeLeon recover? Uh, from this. 888-528-2557. Daniel in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Daniel. How are you? Great. 
Thank you. Thank you. I just wanted to uh, make a, a, a point or a observation. If Mr. De Leon um, didn't speak up at that time, what would make his constituents think or believe he would speak up when it comes to uh, matters of law, mm. things that are really hindering the city, such as homelessness and whatnot. That's why I think he should resign. Yeah, I think and then maybe he can come back and be reelected. It would just be in his best interest for all parties. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right, Daniel. Thank you for calling. You know, I think and that's one of the things here. I mean, there's the chorus for him to resign is pretty universal. Um, and and part of it is exactly that reason. Right. Is that why didn't you speak up? Why? You know, and if you hear the tape and you go through it, um, you know, he was he was a participant. That really is uh, the next point here in. uh, Let's do the next clip here of his apology. You know that I failed in that moment and I failed to step up. I failed to not shut down a conversation that I should have shut down. Uh, And I accept, you know, my full responsibility. Like I said, I'm not going to deflect blame. I'm not going to. I'm not going to mince words, you know. See, that right there is the is the issue. What he's doing in his apology, and this is what we should not do when we have to apologize to somebody, when we're guilty, okay? We should not frame ourselves out of the issue. So he wasn't the main person you heard on the tape. You did hear him. And he's suggesting through his through this interview that he didn't step up and he should have said something when everybody else was making these comments, you see. The problem is it's not like he was just sitting there horrified or wondering what to do and didn't say anything. He was a participant. He didn't respond in that meeting with any any sort of disapproval to what Nuri Martinez was saying, who said most of the stuff. He joined in. He joined in with a joke. He joined in and uh, with everything else. He seemed what what appears to be there. And only God knows what's in his heart. OK, but what appears to be there, and this is what everybody I think sees and feels, is that not only was he in agreement with what was being said, I mean, if you sat him down and everybody in a chair afterward and said, do you agree with them? They probably would come up with a reason not to. What bugs me about it is it seemed like business as usual to me. Like they know each other well enough to know, to just go ahead and have that conversation that they're on the same page well enough to have that conversation. See, that, that's the thing. If it was just one comment that somebody made and you sat there and you're like, that wasn't appropriate. And then later on you think, oh, maybe I should have said something. We've probably been there before. You know, I've been in situations before where somebody says something stupid and I'm, you know, trying to debate, you know, do I confront this person now? Do I do it later? But I don't join in. (laughs) You know, I don't. uh, It's just um, that's one of the things that we're dealing with. When we're thinking about our own times in life when we have to apologize. We can't make excuses. We have to take actual responsibility. I think that's why he needs to resign. Uh, I got to take a break. I'm going to come back. We'll finish up this discussion and I'll take your calls. I got a story about a pastor who did something bad and handled it really well. He resigned and he was restored in a biblical way and ended up being a pastor again. And it's a beautiful story, actually. And that is something that is the biblical method for forgiveness and repentance and restoration. You know, our life isn't over because we did something stupid. We can learn, but we have to learn and we have to repent. 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. 
nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. You know, that, I failed in that moment. And I failed to step up. I failed to not shut down a conversation that I should have shut down. Uh, and I accept you know, my full responsibility. Like I said, I'm not going to deflect blame. I'm not going to, I'm not going to mince words, you know. That was city council member uh, Kevin DeLeon in his uh, apology, which was not a very good one and not being accepted today. And part of it is because he's not resigning. Uh, if you're not aware of the story, we've been talking about the uh, tape that was released last week where four city, three city council members and a union official were talking about redistricting in the city and made a lot of racist comments and talked about redistricting in such a way that uh, different people groups, uh, black people and different Mexican groups would be shifted out of different zones and have less power, essentially. And that's been exposed. And so everybody across the country on all sides, from the president of the United States on down, is asking these people to resign. Kevin DeLeon has decided not to resign. And, you know, I think a big piece for him here is he says, I want to be a part of the solution. He could go to all the meetings and be a part of the solution and still resign. He can resign that position, but then say, you know what, I'm still going to go to the meetings and I'm going to listen to people and I'm going to let them yell at me. And I'm going to let them tell me what they think about what I said. And I'm going to learn. And you know what, by showing up and being there, by giving up power, Okay, giving up the salary. You can get another job. I'm sure he can be a, you know, he's been around a long time. He knows people. He could be, there's all kinds of work for him. Okay. Um, But if you really want to, to make repairs and repair relationships, you have to sit down with people and you have to get rid of all of the things that make people suspect you're not sincere. You've got to do everything you can to let people know you're sincere. That's part of repentance. See, the thing is about repentance, and don't miss this biblically about repentance, about yourself or anybody else. If you have truly repented of your sin, maybe you repented immediately, and that's the condition of your heart, and God knows it, and it counts for you with God. But for everybody else, what happens is later they see it. If you've truly repented, there's going to be progress. You might mess up again, and you might continue to struggle, but people know the difference in time of a penitent person, somebody who's repentant, and somebody who's not. Uh, we get that, and that's what he needs to do. He needs to quit. He needs to go back to his community. He needs to go to other communities that he offended, and he needs to sit down and listen. And if he wants to be a part of the healing process, there's a lot that he could do he just can't do it while he's sitting on the city council. That's my thought. 888-528-2557. Paul in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey. Hi, Paul. Hello, am I there? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, so I agree he messed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, he messed up, right? But so did that, that woman at the well, right? Yep. And Jesus Jesus told all the other people that, that persecuted her, said, hey, Whoever did, whoever has the sin, throw the first first throw the first stone. And how do you know he's not sincere? You know. Yeah, I think we're that, just judging him. We're, we're just judging him. Yeah, I you think. Know? But do you, his action. Yeah, do you think that though he has to do something that if he is sincere, he it, is doing something. What's he doing? You guys ain't letting him do something. So you don't think he should resign? Wait, do you think he should do something according to you or uh, according to him? 
I, I don't think you should resign. You don't because think so? Let me tell you why. Because he's, yeah. he's probably not, he's messed up. I know he messed up. Yeah, and I know he's sorry. I know he's sorry he got involved with this group and got caught. Right. Bottom line, I know he. If this one came out, he probably wouldn't be sorry. Just like any one of us who would have been in the same situation. But doesn't that disqualify really him from still, political leadership? Hold on, hold on. Hold on let, yeah. Huh? Doesn't that disqualify him from political leadership? What you just said—that if that's true. But that then, if he, that was the case, you know how many politicians we would have to take out of office? Well, there might be a lot, um, but no, 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 might. Uh, yeah, it's definite. So I say, look, he screwed up. He knows he screwed up. We all knew he screwed up. Now we're asking him to resign. We're asking him. He said, "I'm not resigning." So let him be. And guess what? When it comes up again to vote for him then that's where our power comes in. We just don't have to vote for him. Well, that might be what ultimately happens. All right, Paul, I appreciate your thought on that. And I think that, you know, that's a big question is, is in the course of forgiveness, okay, Luke 17, chapter, uh, Luke 17, 3 and 4, Jesus says, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. We have to repent, or we have to forgive uh, these people, okay? There has to be forgiveness. My question is, in the, in the course of repentance, is he repenting? Is that part of it? Jesus does have that part there. If they repent, forgive them. You know, I think you can make the argument that in our hearts we have to forgive them anyway, but repentance means you, you have turned, you have changed, and maybe he has done that in his heart. He's certain, obviously, he's embarrassed and he's in a lot of trouble. What does it take? Does he, has he lost has he lost the ability to lead in the in a world of public service? And I think, you know, I think Paul makes a point. There's probably a lot of public servants who are not serving the public, and that's what we saw. The reason everybody's being asked to resign, there's a lot of other reasons, but I think a big one is if the people, if your constituents no longer trust you to represent them, uh, then you have to quit and let somebody else represent so that the business of the city can go on for everybody. And then you can go to everybody's, group and you can have those conversations and if people feel like you've repented and they have forgiven you then maybe you get reelected and that would be good uh let me go to tamara in oak park and i don't want to miss the story about the pastor tamara welcome to southern california live yeah thank you you know i think what this has revealed is that character counts in our leaders yeah you know character is what you do and who you are when no one's watching so in a way it's a blessing in disguise that the character of these leaders have been revealed But I do agree with you. He has lost the trust and confidence of those he serves. So I think he has to resign. Um, And then also just to comment on when we're praying for our leaders, I think our first prayer is for their salvation. That's right. Because when they receive and are born again, the Holy Spirit living in them, then they're convicted of truth and convicted, um, you know, of those types of things and how you speak about other people. So thanks for your show. You're doing a great job. It's great to have, you know, your perspective. Thank you, Tamara. I appreciate that very much. And uh, Tamara is right. I think it matters. Let me tell you the story, because this can happen to any one of us, okay? And that's something that as we, as we watch this, you know, there are, there are things that we can learn, all right, because we never know when you're going to find yourself in the situation. Every one of us is capable of, of doing something that alters the course of our life. In, in a way of, of sin. And James tells us what comes out of our mouth is reflective of what's actually in our heart. Uh, we know that, that these things happen. So uh, a pastor I know, he got caught in an affair, okay? 
um, extramarital affair. And this happens sometimes, right? And usually, you know, makes this wasn't a big church really, but it makes the news and lots of things and, and it hurts the church. In this case, I, I've only seen this once, to be quite honest with you. He resigned his job. He resigned his, he gave up his ordination and everything he had. He stood in front of the church, in front of a lot of people, and confessed his sin. He said, I did this. I sinned against my wife and I sinned against you. I sinned against God. He said all the things. And this is the incredible thing. I think for most of us, and it's not necessarily wrong, but for most of us, we would probably move on to another community and try to rebuild. And and I I think that's fine. But in, in this case, he stayed in that community and he kept going to church there. And he stayed in a situation where Man, everybody knew his stuff, right? I mean, it's it's humiliating, it's embarrassing. It was hard for his family. It was hard for lots of people, and it took years. But people really saw a person who was truly repenting, including his family, which he maintained, and he stayed married, and his kids are okay. And you know, eventually he went through ordination process, got ordained, eventually became a pastor again. It is an incredible, incredible thing, an incredible, incredible thing when we take a look at how the Bible tells us about forgiveness and repentance and how those things work together and how we do that in community. My advice for Kevin DeLeon and for everybody involved here is to quit. You got to quit. You don't have the trust of the people. You don't. Everybody, your own people are telling you to quit. Okay. But the it's not the end of the road. People are saying, can he ever hold office again? I would say no if he doesn't quit and if he doesn't go out there and have these conversations. But if he's truly repentant, go out there and say, hey, you know what? What was revealed in that was a was something that happens a lot and uh, something that everybody's afraid of. I'm going to listen for a while. I'm going to be a true representative of people. And one day if he wants to or if people will have him, he could get reelected and he might actually be a much better public servant. He might actually be a much more trusted public servant. That will take years. But that is a good thing. And people can do that. We got to, you know, in our own lives with the people that we know, the people that we love when they sin against us, you know what? If they're repentant, we have to forgive them. And it is a wonderful thing to offer grace. Whenever we sin against people, grace is the thing we want the most, right? Unmerited favor. Oh, please forgive me. I'm an idiot. Uh, and what I did. Grace is a lot harder to offer when somebody has sinned against us. All right. I think our sin costs us something. It costs us sometimes our job, sometimes relationships, sometimes other things. But I don't think it has to be permanent if we follow Jesus, if we do what he said. The woman at the well that was brought up, you know, she repented. She went away and she repented, but she wasn't told it's okay to keep doing what you're doing. She was told to change her life. And that's what repentance is. And we have that through Jesus. It's a good thing that God has grace for us. I got to take a break. We'll be back next hour. We're going to talk about uh, Halloween. How do you feel about that? 888-528-2557. That's coming up. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.